My name's Adele Onyango and welcome to another episode of Legally Clueless. No, seriously, I have no clue what I'm doing, but I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. So I've been sitting here for like one hour waiting for a surprise rainstorm that just hit Nairobi to pass because the thunder is like super loud, <laughs> super scary, low-key. <laughs> Because I'm home alone, I'm just like, hey, what's happening? It sounds like trees are falling. Yeah, so when I turned on my mic, then it started raining, and all you were going to hear is a thunderstorm. So if it pops up as I'm recording and it sips into this episode, I'm not getting beaten, trees are not falling, it's just Nairobi weather. I hope, though, that you've had a fantastic week. Welcome to episode 83. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If this is your first time ever listening to the podcast, welcome to the tribe. If you are part of the tribe, you know I got love for you. Remember, you can catch this podcast on Instagram. Our Instagram page is Legally Clueless Podcast. If you're going to chit chat about the podcast on Twitter, please use the hashtag Legally Clueless. I love being involved in those conversations. <laughs> I genuinely stalk everybody who, who shares about the podcast because I feel like we're now automatically family. Anyway, this episode is super awesome because it's going to have you believing in your dreams again once we get to the very end. The story that is featured is absolutely powerful. Listen to this. Close to Staraya Boys Center. That's where my dad had a kiosk. My mom was like, okay, I'm just going to suffer with my kids. I'm going to move with my kids to the kiosk. Even my mom would ask us, what is making your kids happy? Why are you laughing? Like, there's literally no food in this house. So I started looking for a job. We want someone who has like five years experience if you don't employ me how am i gonna get the experience so i was scrolling on my facebook i saw there was this advertisement of the next face of africa and the girl that they used in that poster i saw ah this girl just looks like me <laughs> so i signed the first agency then it turned out even they didn't have like legal papers for running the agency and then i became fast runners up miss universe kenya 2018 my first casting was for christian dior it was like I nailed, I nailed that casting. The next day, they did the show. I was not called. After Fashion Week, I got signed immediately in Spain. I was able to do Vogue, Spain, Harper's Bazaar. So that's the story by Michelle. It's coming up in this episode on 100 African Stories. Back to this past week, still wishing and hoping that your week was okay or maybe even great <laughs> friday was world mental health day and i was following a lot of conversations around wellness around things people are doing as individuals who have different mental health conditions and i landed on another app <laughs> if you're new to this podcast i have a slight addiction to apps especially wellness apps i'm always willing to try something new so the two that are part of my daily, daily routines are fabulous to build healthy routines. So what time do you wake up in the morning? Taking time for yourself. I don't know. If you use fabulous, you know what I'm talking about. And then I use MindShift because I, I do have anxiety and that's an app that was made specifically for anxiety. And then I stumbled now on Friday during World Mental Health Day on another app that somebody who I know was diagnosed with some form of depression is using and they say it's really helping them take time in the day for themselves 
It's called Shine. I can't tell you so much about it just yet because I'm only on day two of using it. But what I do like is it has an option for you to, well, they call it create space to restore. So it's like you take five minutes and in those five minutes, they have like mini podcasts. So like five minute audio messages. <laughs> I don't know if you can call it a podcast. It's a five minute audio message from various people in the wellness world. So like yoga instructors, therapists, just talking about different themes and topics. So I've listened to two so far. Not bad. I'm going to see if it's going to work for me or if I'm just like, ah, maybe I have enough apps already. So if you are using Shine and you love it, please like message me instagram at legally clueless podcast i'm always down to talk about wellness apps and figure out who's loving what <laughs> i hope it's not gonna end up being as weird as replica <laughs> that was a wild ride hey Anyway, I mentioned this in episode 82. I am in the process of quitting coffee. I backslid at a point last week, but now <laughs> this is day five without coffee. The reason I'm doing it is two things. One, I don't know how I just came to the very clear realization. I mean, it's something that you know, but now I'm super conscious about it. Self-care and self-love is not just like a face mask. <laughs> or affirmations. It's also taking care of your mind and taking care of your body and what you put inside it. This is something I knew, but then to make those conscious steps, I don't know, I think I would find excuses and things like that. So, you know, coffee and anxiety do not go well together. So I'm trying to get it out of my system, which I've tried quite a few times. However, the last time I tried to quit coffee was when I was doing a breakfast show my shift was at 5 a.m <laughs> no wonder <laughs> i was not successful in quitting because yo 5 a.m kind of need your coffee and then you have to sound like you're happy with the world <laughs> so at least now things are a bit calmer i tried to substitute it with lemon green tea which was so disgusting oh yuck I was like, even if we're quitting coffee, it does not have to be a struggle. So now I have substituted coffee with, well, in the mornings, chamomile tea with honey, not sugar. And during the day, because yes, I used to drink coffee throughout the day. During the day, whenever I feel like, ah, let me make some coffee. I have water instead. Day five, <laughs> not bad. Day one to three, I was very lethargic, but... Now I'm okay. I think because I've grasped that where it's like, this is good for you and nobody is going to save you or like to take care of your body the way you can. So just start making those decisions now. Stop making the excuses. Oh, other great news that happened this week, which is just so wild, is I'm on a global top 100 under 40 list. It's done by MyPad. They're an organization affiliated to the UN and they try to bring Africans and people of African descent together to network, to talk about development of the continent. And then they yearly have this list that recognizes certain icons. So I'm in the media and culture category. What's so dope, it has everything to do with not only my work in traditional radio, but they also recognize my work in podcasting. So I'm just like, yay, because <laughs> this is my space. 
And another thing that I was just so happy about, I was chatting with my sister and my best friend Val. I'm like, yeah, it's great. I'm on the list. Like, yes, yes, yes. It's validating. I've done ABCD. But the best part is Burner Boy <laughs> is in the category as well as Yvonne Orgy. So it's just like, wow, pretty awesome. But I did realize when I got the news that some of these wins that I get have stopped being as sweet. Because like when I want to send the news to people i send it maybe only to well not falgun falgun is in the house here with me so whenever i get that news he's getting it in real time with me so i'll send it to my two sisters to val and stephanie who i think i've mentioned on the podcast before she's my cousin but really my sister and when i'm in the process of sending them the news i always think i wish i could (laughs) i wish like I wish when people died, they still had access to like text us. You know what I mean? Or that we could still text them, even if we couldn't see them. Because genuinely, I am here and I'm able to do the things that I'm doing because of sacrifices my mom made. That woman went through hell and back. An abusive marriage, leaving with three kids, losing her job while like raising us. And even when she was married, I think she was like, the sole parent really in terms of responsibilities then came the like breast cancer diagnosis battling that for over 10 years while still maintaining us in school we never went hungry she like read my first ever radio presenter contract and like guided me this is how you negotiate this is how you ask for stuff This is how you communicate what you want. So these wins are good. I mean, they're good. Yes, I've worked hard. I know. But I just wish like when people died, we could still contact them like SMS. (laughs) Not even phone calls. Like I've reached the point where I'm like, just don't need chats. Imagine. (laughs) I'd really have appreciated that. Like death is just so final. But anyway, it's good news all the same. And I'm super proud of myself so we need to jump into the song of the week which is for you who is probably too scared to try whatever it is in your mind that's your dream or a project you want to pursue maybe you tried it once and it didn't go the way you wanted maybe it failed maybe somebody criticized it and you're just like well fuck that shit (laughs) i'm not trying that again I really want you to listen to this song. It's called Try, right? And it is by Madison McFerrin. Please watch the music video. I've put the link in the description of this episode. She once performed the American anthem. And I don't know, it didn't go well. The performance, it was like she was off key or something. And in this day and age of social media, she got trolled for days. In fact, the music video starts with a clip of Snoop Dogg trolling her for that particular performance. First, she's more graceful than most. Because even if I feels like that, age, hey, stop insulting me, you know. But what I love about the song, there's a point where she says, I hope I don't get these lyrics wrong. But she says, what is it you're waiting for? It's time to open your eyes. And see, you are what you're waiting for. I really loved that line. I feel like sometimes we're like, I don't have everything I need to start or to try this thing. I need to have this person around me or this amount of money or whatever it is. When really, (laughs) you're all you need 
to try. Listen to it. I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> so let's jump into 100 African Stories. The story is by Michelle. She's a Kenyan model. I tracked her down on Instagram. <laughs> Legit slid into her DM. And no, wait. Yeah, what happened was I tracked her down on Instagram, followed her. And I was like trying to work up the courage to be like, hey, I have this podcast. Do you want to share a story on it? And then she ended up DMing me about an Insta story because she followed me back when I followed her. And so now when she brought herself to my DM, I was like, in fact, friends, <laughs> I've been wanted to reach out to you. I genuinely think this story will have you believing in your dreams again. I mean, she takes us from a kiosk in Starehe to Paris Fashion Week to Vogue, Spain. A hundred African stories on Legally Clueless. Stories from Africa. My name is Michelle Acheng Opio. I was raised in Nairobi, but generally from Siaer, Alego. My dad is from Siaer and my mom is from game and i'm currently in london i've been here for one year and a half now but after every six months i go back to kenya so generally i live in kenya but i just travel for work generally i come from a very very humble background raised by a single mom since i was i think 12 years old because my dad died in 2008 i have two sisters wendy emily and derek my elder brother so we raised four of us with my single mom without like any support of like relatives and stuff like that. So it was just all about her raising us. My dad died in 2008 and now I'm 22. So that's 12 years ago. Then after, because my dad was like the main, the main giver, like the head of the family. My mom was just like, you know, a cute lady who's just staying at home and my dad would bring food at home and stuff like that. And after my dad died, so she was like, okay, what am I going to do now? This guy was bringing everything at home and now I'm stuck here with these kids to raise them up. And when my dad was there, because my dad was a people's person, so people will come home, visitors. But after he died, like everyone else vanished. You know, we couldn't see our uncles or aunties or so my mom was just like left alone. So my mom was like, I'm not able to pay rent. I'm not able to do this and that. And by that time, my dad had bought a kiosk. We were living in Racecourse, close to Starea Boys Center. That's where my dad had a kiosk. He had three kiosks, then he sold two of them, and my mom was left with one of them. That's where my mom started like doing like selling tumba clothes and saloon business. By that time, we had to leave from our house and we moved to this kiosk, to living kiosk. So generally, we just say that we stayed on the street for some years because it was like a messy kiosk. If you talk about kiosks in Nairobi, like those Mabatis kiosks and stuff like that. So then my mom was like, okay, you guys cannot stay here. You're going to go and stay with your auntie. So at my auntie's place was another nightmare, struggle and stuff like that. A few years later, my mom was like, okay, I'm just going to suffer with my kids. I'm going to move with my kids to the kiosk again. So we stayed at the kiosk until good Samaritans came, who came and just like saved us, paid our school fees, uh, took us to school. I graduated, my brother is still doing actuarial science, and right now I'm the one like supporting my family, supporting my siblings. So there was this point when my brother has had finished primary school. So then my mama said, ah, 
this boy, I'm finding, I'm finding Visuri Sara Shule. So I don't know, I don't know what we're gonna do. And at that time, I think my brother was called in Miranda. So my mom was like, I'm not able to pay school fees, na sijunta fanyaje. So let me just do this. Let me just uh, come up with like those forms. So she wrote there, support my son. My son got this grade. I need to take him to school. And so my mom was known around the kiosk area because they had worked around there for a long time. And my dad was working in security services around Starehe. So my mom went from kiosk to kiosk asking for money so that they can support my brother to join high school. So it, there was in this particular salon, it happened that uh, Mariga's mom was there. McDonald Mariga mom was in that salon. Then Mariga mom was like, okay, my son is coming back and I know he will be so happy to support your son to go to school. And my mom was like, okay, I just hope this works out. But at that point, my mom was still asking for contribution and everything. So then the next day in the morning, Mariga came to our kiosk where we were sleeping and we're just like on the floor and everything, like sleeping on cushions and stuff. We were there and Mariga comes and like, okay, who is going to school? And he say, my brother is going to school. And he say, he's going to support my brother. So a few weeks later, they got us a place to stay and they started supporting my brother to go to school. And me, after I finished primary school, a certain lady, because I'm talented with doing hair, like plating and doing all that stuff and braiding. So I was helping my mom with hair. And there's this lady, I did her hair. And my mom told her, okay, even my daughter has finished high, uh, primary school. And now I'm kind of struggling to take her to high school. And this lady said, oh, I'm going to support her to, to go to school. I joined high school also. The same thing with my sister. Victor Wanyama came in and said, I'm going to pay Wendy's school fees. You know, like that, like that. And now it got to Emily. And right now I'm the one supporting Emily, now the younger sister, because God has blessed me and placed me in a position that I'm capable to do that as per now, you know. So in high school, uh, my brother joined high school. My brother never had issues with school fees and stuff. So it came to me, this lady said that she she's going to help me. Even I don't know her. She's not my tribe. I just met her for the first time that day at the salon and she started supporting me. So she paid my form one. Then on my form one, I became, uh, I was the first one with a B plus, And this lady was so mad at me. I was like, Kenya has no room for lazy women, Michelle. You have to work hard. You can't bring B pluses. I'm paying other people's school fees. They get giving me A's and you're coming here with B. At that time, I was like, I me, I think that this was good. This is a good grade. <laughs> I was the best in my class. How come this lady is like all over me and putting all this pressure and everything? Like she was pinching me and doing all this stuff and I was like I'm telling you beggars they are not choosers like literally you just have to perform I was just trying to do all my best then she got married and she says she she's not gonna be able to support me anymore because now she wants to support her family and the husband is coming and the babies are coming me and my mom were stuck again and my mom is like who's gonna pay your school fees now so and then Mariga's mom came back again was like I'm gonna support this girl like since I was growing up with my mom and my dad not being there with the suffering and the struggling even to get food and stuff like that there was no moment that I was worried or scared even now is when I ask myself like how come in that situation I was supposed to be like in a deep mess like I was supposed to be like so sad and angry and with bitterness and stuff I was not that girl for it, I was just like happy. I was like, okay, something's just gonna happen. I'm just gonna go to school. I'm gonna study. I'm gonna do this. Like, I never had a pressure 
at any particular moment that I felt like I'm going to lose it. My mom was the one who was like always worried and scared. Even my mom would ask us, what is making your kids happy? Why are you laughing? Like there's literally no food in this house and all of you are just like happy and excited. So like there was no moment in my life that I was like worried or scared because I just felt like something good is going to happen. Like something is going to work out, like God is going to open a way. Yeah, so after high school, then I finished high school. Then I joined Kenya Utali College, where I did front office operation. So during this moment, even the modeling thing never like came to me because people would just like tell me, oh, you look like, even people would call me a model. Oh, I'm a model, you're so tall, blah, blah, blah. Like I used to hate it because when I, when I thought of modeling, I was seeing like the way pageantry is like in Kenya and the way like girls would be asked like, oh, uh, when you become like Miss Kenya, what are you going to do? And the girls would just be like, I want to take care of the needy. I want to give charity. I want to support the people at the orphanage. I want to give out clothes. Like so many times they'll talk about their really good things to do for the community, but I wouldn't see them like talk about like, I want to empower the girl child. I want to empower like women. I want to like bringing change in the society, you know, like generally they just talk about how they're going to give uh, to the needy and the poor, which is a really good thing. And everyone is doing it, but they wouldn't talk about like changing like the community to like a much better, I don't know if I'm making sense. <laughs> yeah. So uh, pushing people to discover the talent, pushing people to discover their like potential or their purpose in life, you know, because I just feel like this is like the most important things, like discovering who you were, discovering what you love, what you enjoy doing, or someone to just like raise you up to your potential, you know? So generally people wouldn't talk about that. And I was like, okay, pigeon is just like all about being beautiful. And so I didn't know much about it. And I was not like so much excited about pageantry. And also I knew like there was like a lot of corruption going on. You have to be like this or you're supposed to be from this tribe or you're supposed to know people for you to, to win, you know. So I was not like much into it. So I was like, I'm going to concentrate on my uh, hospitality career or do something with I really wanted to be like into cabin crew and hostessing I was like oh I want to do this I want to fly I want to go all over you know so I finished uh I finished with Utali then I went to Otamu for my internship at Hemingway's Otamu which was amazing which was a great experience after that after Otamu then I went back to Nairobi so now to look for a job now officially that was in 2018 around April so I started looking for a job i'm going like to hilton hotel kempinski like all these like top top hotels you know in nairobi i'll do like interviews and they'll be like telling me like oh you're still so young others will be like you want someone who has like five years experience like if you don't employ me, how am I going to get the experience? Like, I'm so committed. I'm willing to study. I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to, like, I was so desperate to get employed in Nairobi. And every morning that I will wake up and see my mom, I'll be like, this lady has really struggled to raise us. You know, she'll be so disappointed. I just finished and I'm still sitting here every morning looking at her and I don't have somewhere to go to. So I was like so pressured. So I tried so hard then. There was a Bible school that was called Word of Faith Bible School. So I said, okay, instead of just sitting at home and waiting for all these interview calls to come up, I'm just going to start going to Bible school. So I did the Bible school for, it was for, 
two, three weeks. Then after we finished the Bible, so during the Bible school, they said, write three things that you want God to do for you at the, by the end of this Bible school. So I just wrote down, I said, I want international job. I don't know what job is going to be, but I just want to go internationally. I'm tired of staying here. And that time I didn't have, I didn't even have a passport. So say I want international job. I want to support my mom. I want to take care of my mom and I want to be able to pay for my sister's school fees. I don't want them to suffer anymore. I just want to be there and support them. And also I said, I just want God to connect me with my destiny connectors, people who are going to take me to the next level, people who are meant to be in my life. So after the Bible study, I was scrolling on my Facebook. Actually, I was not an internet person. So I was scrolling on my Facebook and I saw there was this advertisement of the next face of Africa and the girl that they used in that poster. And so, ah, this girl just looks like me. <laughs> Maybe I can do this thing. So they say they're going to visit different countries and they say they're going to come in Kenya sometime at the end of July. And I said, okay. So it's, it was called a few next face of Africa. I was so excited. I said, okay, this is a modeling casting, but this just looks like, it's not that just modeling. It's just like something beyond pageantry. So when I looked at an account of this uh, management, it was from Nigeria that was coming to Kenya to do a casting for the next face of Africa. I saw those girls, they were like in billboards of Calvin Klein, Gucci, Prada. And I was like, oh man, these girls, they just look like me. I can do this. Like literally, I can do, if I'm able to be like on Prada or Gucci, why not? So then I went for the casting. For the casting, like my first time, like wearing heels and like wear, I don't know, vests and here go with natural hair, like no makeup, no nothing. So then when I got to the casting, I saw like these top girls. I just see them on Miyadi, on nice and lovely campaigns in Kenya. Like I just see them on TV. It's like, oh my God, these are the girls on TV. They're also on this casting. Like I was so surprised. I was so shocked. So I'm just sitting there because I have no idea of what I'm supposed to do. So I was sitting there. First, I made the first cut because the first cut was about the height and everything. Then after I made the cut, then they selected eight people because there were like so many girls, I think out of more than 800 girls there. Then they select eight people out of the 800. Then they say they are going to get back to Earth. And then they're going to select people who are going to go to Nigeria for the competition. During that time, oh my God, I was waking up at four, not waiting for, for, for the feedback from this Nigerian uh, modeling brand. So I was just like, waking up at four, going for a run, coming back, because I knew I'm not that skinny as per, way, as per the way I'm seeing these girls. So I just started like running in the morning, walking on heels. Even my mom thought I was possessed. It was like, what? what's wrong with this girl? Like, you should think of like going and advancing in school. This modeling thing is not going to help you. You're not going anywhere, Michelle, even if you don't have a passport. <laughs> Then I said, I want to get a passport. So my mom gave me some money. I went and applied for a passport as as I was waiting for the feedback from um, this Nigerian modeling agency. I wake up, do workouts. I even like, I joined Instagram. I started like posting walking videos and people would be like, oh, you're swinging too much. No, that's not how you do it. Some people just like start commenting and, you know, like hate and love and everything. And I was like, yeah, you're doing so well. You're doing so great. Others start comparing 
comparing me with other like supermodels like oh you look like Naomi you look like Mayor you look like I don't know who you look like so I started like knowing people in the modeling industry who people are referring me to because I had no idea I started knew like Kendall and Kelly and you know, Gigi and all those stuff then as time went by this Nigerian modeling agency they had like a collaboration with a certain agency in Kenya this agency in Kenya called us as they they called all the more all the top eight and then when we got there like i hope all of us were going to nigeria then when we got there this lady just started by girls i have bad news and i was like oh this is not good and that day actually i packed i packed before i went to <laughs> to meet uh this uh director from this agency in kenya which had co- collaboration with the agency in nigeria so i had packed everything i knew i'm going to nigeria like i knew i'm the perfect one for this one so when i got there <laughs> this lady told us girls i have bad news and we were like okay this is not good then she said i'll just say miss b <laughs> say miss b said she didn't see any potential models in kenya and i was like are you serious at miss b didn't see any potential models in kenya and i was like what even a single one out of the eight of us there is no potential and i was like shit like that that like provoked me it gave me this anger that i have to prove to this lady that there is potential here you know because i saw myself there like literally i saw myself i had packed i have been waking up at 4 walking around the house running everywhere doing workouts and everything under depression anxiety for this opportunity i've seen myself on kelvin klein billboard <laughs> and here someone is saying we don't have potential like that thing gave me this pain so from from that meeting i was with the current uh, miss universe kenya stacy so we are miss mushuki we are together in the car in the in the in the matatu going home actually she was more depressed than me because i'm i'm quite a positive person she was like oh michelle so what are we going to do now we just hope they change their mind or something but at the end of it they ended up choosing her and she went to nigeria to represent us which was really amazing because i felt so good at least they ended up choosing someone rather than just leaving kenya out of you know there was no point of them coming all the way to kenya and not choosing anyone that aside so i kept on like developing on on myself working on myself like now i started like focusing on modeling more rather than my hospitality career because i saw like okay there is potential here if i'm able to do this you know so after that i started like working working on myself posting videos and pictures and everything i had my friend who was like charging me 50 bob per photo because he was learning like photography so every time i'm in town i'll just like call him because he was studying at KMTC I'll be like hey I'm uh, I'm in town can you can you come or uh, take photos so he'll take photos of me and then I'll post them on Instagram I'll take even videos like spraying myself advertising I'll just like wearing glasses and be like oh advertising glasses and be like hey this girl has visions man <laughs> so then after that agency started like DMing me and so many of them they are from Nigeria so I was like eh, some of these agencies from Nigeria they might be scammers so they be like texting me oh you're so amazing you're so nice we'd like to sign you blah 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 so I signed the first agency then it turned out even they didn't have like legal papers for running the agency then I decided to drop them so I said I think because I'm 
quite in a hurry and I'm quite desperate for this. I think that's why things are not like working the way I wanted. So I said, I'm just going to take things down. I'm just going to work on myself. And then the agency I want to get signed to, I'm going to reach out to them myself. So I started like taking Polaroids, like doing walk videos and stuff. And then I started like sending to I, I wrote down the top 20 agencies. I want them to sign me. This is just still within 2018, around September. And then I wrote down and I sent them email. <laughs> and out of the 20 agency, only one agency responded to me. I'm like, oh, you look amazing, but try to get back to us in 2019. Then... There was another agency that they replied to me on Instagram. They were like, oh, you hair, you look too pretty. You look like a pageant girl. And I was like, okay, I look like a pageant At that time, Miss Universe, they were, uh, they were looking for contestants. And I was taking my friend to Miss Universe. And my friend was like, why don't you contest for Miss Universe? And I was like, okay, there was an agency that told me I look like a pageant girl. Maybe this pageant thing might work. I, I casted for Miss Universe and then I made the cart. Then I Miss Universe and I was like, I just said two things. I said, if I'm going to win Miss Universe, I'm a pageant girl. But if I'm going to become first runners-up or second runners-up, I am a high fashion girl. So let's see how this works. That's what I told myself. So because I felt like out of all the contestants, I felt like I am in a good chance of winning it. But if I don't get to win it, then it means that my destiny is defined to be in a different part. And then I contested for Miss Universe. And then I became fast runners up Miss Universe Kenya 2018. And then I was like, okay. Then maybe I'm a high fashion girl. <laughs> then after the Miss Universe contest, agencies, uh, they started like now serious agencies. They started like texting me and reaching out to me. Like, we'd like to sign you. We'd like to. So I told four agencies, I told them because I really wanted to travel. I really wanted to prove my mom wrong. Like I am leaving this Kenya and I just want to travel the world because my mom was like, you're not going anywhere. Just chill. What who are about a visa, Uku? People don't get visas. So I told these four agencies, okay, if you want me to get signed to your agency, you have to get me a placement internationally <laughs> because that is what I wanted. So there's this uh, one agency in Nigeria, one agency in South Africa. So two of them, they got me placement, but one of them got me really, they got me placement in two days. So I had placement in Paris and Italy, Milan, in Milan, Italy in two days. And I was like, oh, wow. Then when I checked, I said, okay, fine, I'm going to sign your contract if you got me a placement. So then after signing the contract, I got started with her in Paris, in Italy. And then they told me, you're going to travel next year, February for the fashion week. I was like, are you serious? Then January, the end of January, they sent me the papers and everything to apply for my visa. And I was like, okay. This is happening. Are you serious? Like, I'm, I'm going to travel? Like, here are the documents and everything? So this is me with my passport now going to the embassy with my sister. So first of all, even I didn't know how this thing worked. Liliana Kwata, without appointment. Kufika Kwa get security is like, guy, young lady, do you have appointment? I was like, no. Then getting there, the secret, uh, the receptionist gave me a, an appointment there. Say, okay, come on the thirteenth, thirteenth uh, of February. So that was thirteenth February, twenty nineteen. When I went back for the appointment, so this lady who was collecting all the documents and everything, like my passport is clean. I've never been anywhere. I just received my passport like two months ago. So this lady is asking me, even if you've never been to Uganda or Tanzania, 
are you serious? Okay, what 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 have you been doing? And I was like, oh, I was in Italy, I graduated, then I was trying to look for a job, and now I'm trying to do modeling, and I got signed, so now I'm planning to go to France. Then she was like, so your first country will be France? I said, yeah. This lady just started like harassing me. I was like, oh, there is this document missing. Your insurance is like this. I was literally crying. I was like, God, now what is happening? I thought I have all the papers. I have everything. Like, literally, I really want this. So I went back to the insurance. Uh, they worked everything out. I talked to my agency with the, with the, with the documents that were missing. They sent them. Then I gave them out. And one week later, I went, <laughs> they called me to go and collect my visa. So on my visa collection, two people who are ahead of me collecting their, their visa, all of them, they were told no. They're like, oh, your visa was denied. I'm like, why was my visa denied? This lady is like telling them, just read it. And the guys were like, this thing is in French. How am I going to understand? Like, just go and look for a translator. And I was like, I hope mine is not like that. So when I got there, this lady was like, okay, sign. So I signed There some documents and she gave me back my visa. Then when I got out, I was like, I have visa and even 15 days extra. Oh my God. I was like jumping all over. I was like, I was like, like I'm literally traveling tomorrow to France. Hey, I felt like I'm in heaven for sure. I just went back home and I told my mom and my mom was like, what? Like in this family, people don't travel like this. Like it was, I just felt like my dreams were coming true. I just didn't know what to do with myself. I was just happy. I was just excited. I was just running up and down. I was like, it was, I was literally almost crying. So after that, then I traveled to France. I thought like, oh, well, this is it, Michelle. See, you wanted to go abroad. You're in France now. Look at you. So I got to France. Then there was a cab which picked me up to take me to the hotel. So I got to the hotel. I was like, where? Well, this is the modern life. Age. Hotel. Everything is just there. Like, if you, like you can stretch yourself. You can do... Like, it was like a life that I never imagined. So getting there, the next day they told me you have castings. My first casting was for Christian Dior. And I was like, Wah, Michelle, supermodel. See, this was your dream. So going for the Dior casting is this big casting director. Getting there, then I walked. And you know the way my walk is still terrible. No one has ever told me how to walk on the runway. I was just walking. And this lady was like, Hey, young girl, you have a really amazing walk. Um, where are you from? It's like, oh, I'm from Kenya. I was like, oh, nice. Can you walk again for us? Then I walked again, and I was like, okay, let's take some pictures. And then I'm just like, I'm just there taking pictures. Woo! I was like, I nailed, I nailed that casting. Christian Dior, I'm going to walk Christian. The next day, they did the show. I was not called, and I was like, uh -uh, what happened? I thought this daily was excited to see me. And I was told, welcome to the industry, you know? They can be so happy, they can be so excited and everything, thinking that you got the show. But literally, you know, that is how it works. And pressure started coming in when even I don't know how to use the metros. I'm used to matatus. <laughs> then it's like, I don't know, metros, you have to use trains, you have to use Google Maps, City Mapper. Oh my God, I was so lost. And that time I don't have internet. Data roaming. I'm like, oh, I need to buy a SIM card. So then there were these Nigerian girls. I read them in a castle. I was like, I don't know how to move around. I just need some help. 
you know so i asked them um how am i gonna move around how am i gonna read the city map i was getting lost to the train all the time and also i am a new face and my agency is running me around to meet so many other different clients fashion week was seven days the first day hey michelle no show second day no show and i was like ah god you didn't take me all this way to frustrate me no this is not my life i'm not going to accept this one i have to book people they know i traveled i'm in paris no way like i'm not accepting failure this is not happening to me then the third day i did a casting and the and the client liked me then i did the fitting and then that's when i started doing the shows so i, I did like glorage i did atlane um Elise Hub. So I started doing like really, really top designers and I just was like, oh thank God. So I did the shows and after Fashion Week, I said I got signed immediately in Spain. I flew all the way to Spain, to Madrid, Spain, and then I stayed in Spain for I think three months. I worked there and it was amazing. So that was the beginning of my career and it was amazing. I was able to do Vogue, Spain, Harper's Bazaar and different other um, uh, brands in Spain. I was able to work with Zara. So it was, was just like a dream come true the moment I moved from Paris to Spain. So after Spain, I went back to Kenya for a little bit and then I was able to come back. I was able to come to London and also London was just a dream. So from London, then I started like traveling around. I started going to back to Spain, to Germany, to Netherlands, to different other cities and different other countries i'll be able to work with like top top brands like top top designers this is something that i never thought of something that i've never learned something that that i just feel like it's inborn because there was a time that i was working with this really really top really really top brand and you know when you're working for a top brand you're quite um tensing and stuff like oh my god i need to deliver i need to but when i get on set i don't know what happens to me because i just like do some stuff and just i just be me and just do some poses and everything and just like see the photographer and everyone and said they're just amazing like you're amazing like i've never seen something like that this is so good this is you're going so far michelle like when i get feedback like that from like photographer from top top designers from i just feel like i'm gonna do well like this is going to like i am meant to do this i'm so and when i see the images and i see myself and i'm like wow okay michelle did you do that was that you like so those are like most moments that i feel like i am so so proud i just need people out there to know that okay you can come from this to this you can believe in this to this even now if people tell me like people say that it's difficult to get a visa it's difficult to do this it's difficult i'll say no i was able to do it and it just it happened to me it has happened to me and i know it's going to happen to other people you know um okay my mom my mom is is so happy because obviously i'm able to like support her she doesn't have to like strain a lot now i'm able to support my siblings you know yeah she she's quite happy about it but still my mom she's tra- still trying to understand this modeling thing and everything she just sees me on magazines and really beautiful photos and everything but as you know like also an african home despite also i graduated and everything and you know my mom is all this like doctor thing and nurse thing you know 
and all that kind of stuff but she she's she's happy about it she's she's very proud and she's very excited and everything and also on the other hand my mom has been because my brother is the firstborn and she, he's still doing actuarial science so my mom is still like eyeing on my brother's success <laughs> i'm here yes you're there you're doing well but also i'm still waiting to see how your brother is going to do I know if I don't know if you understand that perspective. So yeah, generally my mom's hope and everything is on my brother to see how my brother is gonna is gonna do because now she feels like I'm at a better place. Generally, generally for me it's like uh, always believe in yourself and always trust your guts. The beauty belongs to those people who believe in the beauty of their dreams. So the moment you believe in the beauty of how you want your dreams to be like, of how you want your vision to be like, of how you want your goals to be like, it's quite easy to attain it as you've visualized, you know? So like vision and setting a goal and working towards it, that's the beauty of it. So the beauty belongs to those people who believe in the beauty of their dreams. Catch more African stories in the next episode of Legally Clueless. Oh man, I was so happy after recording this story. I was so happy for Michelle. I was just like, isn't it so wild that when you are so intentional about what you want to achieve, it seems like it's magic when it happens, but really, no, it's it's, it's your intentionality. It's you really focusing your goals on that one thing. Ah, And then I felt so happy for our family from their beginnings to now where they are. Mad at Christian Dior. <laughs> Just like, what is happening? Surely you liked her walk. <laughs> I identified with, oh yeah, when she talks about how when you lose someone in your family, somebody like a parent after the funeral, how the number of people who used to check up on you or who used to come and visit like your, the deceased parents, where that number goes down. <laughs> It goes down. I know there are people who like my mom helped with serious life issues they were going through. One particular woman, she once ran into my sister and acted like she didn't know my sister. And even in the conversation, she acted like she didn't know my mom. Ah, I was so angry when I heard that because I know how my mom was so selfless about helping her. But there are people like that. I don't know, funerals, after funerals, you really unfortunately learn a lot about the not so good sides of people. But do remember, if you want to share your story on this podcast, it's very possible. All you have to do is send a one minute story demo, record it on WhatsApp, yeah, WhatsApp audio note, and send it to the Legally Clueless hotline number via WhatsApp. And the number is plus 254-768-628-790. What's a story demo? Basically, you're just telling me a bit about the story that you want to share. Once you send the story demo, we'll take it from there. Also on the Legally Clueless hotline number, you can send me WhatsApp audio notes in case you listen to a particular episode and there's something in it that resonates with you. I mean, chat to me. This is our space. This is Phoebe. So after listening on in on episode 73, I think I have a new course of action. 
I'm a teacher. I'm 26. I'm turning 26 in October. I've just realized that we are the ones who are killing literature in this country because we take books and we shove them down the throats of kids. We make it look so sad and so boring and so miserable. We are the problem. So I'm going to start with my small group of students. I teach in a private school in Kisarian. So let's just maybe enjoy literature. You're great. You're such dope vibe you're such positive energy and listening to you on a monday morning is everything like i pile your episodes that i can just listen to them on a monday morning keep it up i love you bye thank you so much phoebe and it's so nice to know that magunga's story really influenced you and inspired you to actually change how you do things with your students that's that's really powerful. Do remember that this podcast plays on Trace Radio in Kenya. Head over to traceradio.co.ke for a list of all the frequencies you can catch Trace on. Or on traceradio.co.ke, you can actually just stream the station there. This podcast plays on Trace every Monday, Wednesday and Friday at 9 a.m. and at 8 p.m. as well. That's it for this episode of Legally Clueless. You can share this podcast with your friends. You can keep it for yourself. I'm not judging. Just make sure you're here next week for the next episode.